Philemon chapter 1, verse 4 to 7. I want to talk about good things to remember in tough times. Now, don't you get all discouraged because of what you hear in the news, because of what's happening around you. There's some good things you need to remember in tough times. And um, I want to open the Bible in Philemon, I don't know, Philemon, 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 I like Philemon, it's French for the best steak ever, Philemon, my wife's trying to correct my pronunciation, who knows. I thank God, chapter 1, verse 4, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and your faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. I want to share with you from this passage. I just want to say for those of you watching for the first time, click the subscribe button, stay, stay along with us, and I want to encourage everybody else to put a like on this message. And I want you to send this message to as many people as possible. We've heard some amazing testimonies, and now there's an amazing word about good things to remember in tough times. So, you know, here's the record of a prayer that Paul prayed for Philemon. And Philemon um, was the pastor of the church of the Colossians, a church in Asia Minor in modern-day Turkey. And he's writing this, this letter to Philemon, and, um, and he's starting with, with a prayer. He's saying, this is what I pray for you. And Paul starts by giving thanks to God for, for his love for all the saints. He was a pastor that really loved this church. And then he said, and for his faith in the Lord Jesus, it means that he was a man of love and he was a man of great faith in Jesus. But not only that, but he was a man also with a great love for lost souls. How do we know that? Because he said that the sharing of your faith may be effective. So he was obviously someone who was into sharing his faith with people. So he, he loved, he loved the, the church, he had faith in Jesus, and he was someone who was willing to share his faith with um, people outside the church. So Paul prays also that the sharing of his faith may become effective. And the word in the Greek for effective is actually the word energeia, from which we get the word energy. So what Paul is saying is that I am praying that when you share your faith, it will be energized. It won't be like someone sharing an old fable about something, but there will be life, there will be a power about the sharing of your faith. And so he's saying that the sharing, he was praying for him that the sharing of his faith would be energized, would be effective, would really hit the target, would be compelling, would be powerful, would be irresistible. Amen? That the sharing of your faith may become effective. And then he says, by the acknowledgement. Everyone say acknowledgement. 
of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, the Passion Translation says, every good thing that belongs to you in Christ. Say that out loud with me. Every good thing that belongs to you in Christ. So he's, he's saying that, you know what, your message is going to be way more powerful, more, you know, uh, effective if you add to it the things that belong to us in Christ. After all, the gospel is good news. It's glad tidings, not sad tidings. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord, immediately an old saint came to me and said, Oh, young man, life's going to be very tough now. Oh, there'll be much suffering ahead for you. And I'm thinking, how's, I, I'd rather then go back because I already had it tough. No, I didn't say that, but, but I thought to myself, you know, what kind of good news is that? You know, if, if things are going to get tough and, and you're going to become some poor old soul that's just going to kind of trundle through life, you know, with all these afflictions, with no help. And I mean, what kind of good news is that? But the good news is that, amen, hey, somebody needs to preach good news, amen. And the good news is that, that when we belong to Jesus, good things belong to us. In actual fact, the gospel is fundamentally a message of good things. And, and I, I, don't take it from me. Let's read what the Bible says. Romans chapter 10, verse 15. It says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Everyone say, glad tidings of good things. Everyone say the gospel is about good things. You know, we were lost, now we've been found. We were sick, now we're healed. We were, uh, we were, we were without hope, now we have hope. It's a gospel of good things. We were going to hell, but God rescued our souls, and heaven is our destination. Come on, that's got to be good. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of the glad tidings of good things. Matthew 7, 11, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Everyone say good things. Oh, God's a 7-Eleven God. He's open 24-7, 7-Eleven, predisposed to give us good things. Hallelujah. I, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Come on. Somebody help me preach today. Luke 1, 53, he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich has sent them away empty. But praise God, have you ever been hungry? Have you ever been in a situation of like the Bible says, he fills the hungry with good things? It doesn't just say, well, it speaks comfort to the hungry and say, well, you're hungry. One of these days you'll die. You'll be with me. That's it. And I said, well, you don't have to die hungry. <laughs> Amen. He fills the hungry with good things. 
Amen. He sent, he sent food from heaven to people in the desert. Come on. Can he give bread also? Amen. Come on. Jesus prepared a table in the wilderness. <laughs> Hebrews 9.11. But Christ as a high priest of good things to come. Amen. Christ is a high priest of the good things to come. And what Paul is saying to Philemon is saying, you know what? When you, when you share your faith, remember what belongs to you in Christ. The good things, every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. Because you are in Christ, then you are in good things that Christ has provided for you on the cross of Calvary. Come on, somebody get happy today and, and give Jesus a hand. So Paul is encouraging Philemon and saying, you know what, your message is going to be way more powerful if it becomes a message of good news, of the good news that we have received in Christ Jesus. But I want you to know something. I believe that when it comes to our own relationship with God, we too need to be mindful. We need to acknowledge every good thing which belongs to us in Christ. We need to be mindful of that. You know why? Because sometimes we forget. That's why Psalm 103 verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Because sometimes it's easy to forget. We go through stuff in life, and we get entangled with situations, and, 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 and yes, there, there's trouble and adversities and and everyone on the face of this planet will face adversities. And just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that you will never face a problem. Yes, you will face problems. But the good news is that Jesus said, hey, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And there are some benefits and there are some things that belong to us in Christ. So bless the Lord of my soul. And that's not a prayer to God. That's something that... David said to himself, and this is something we need to say to ourselves, forget not all the benefits of God. You know, the acknowledgement of those good things or the benefits which belong to us in Christ energizes our testimony with those from the outside, but also it, it does something to our own lives. Number one, it energizes our prayer life. What does remembering the good things of God or what does acknowledging, what does acknowledging mean? It means recognizing. It means highlighting. It means putting your mind to something. It means focusing on something. And this is what Paul is trying to get Philemon to do. He's saying focus on the good things which you have in Christ Jesus. And so one of the things that will energize not only your testimony, but also your own prayer life is when you are mindful, when you acknowledge all that you have in Christ. That when you're facing sickness, you're not just a hopeless victim. That Jesus has given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. It's, it's, it, when something comes against you, you know that you can, in the name of Jesus, like we said today, uh, you know, you can, you can 
Like I preached last week, you can speak to the mountain, get, get it out of the way, and it will be moved. Since then, I've actually come across a, an old song, an old hymn that says, Lord, I don't need the mountain to be moved. I just need your strength to climb the mountain. Oh, how spiritual. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus actually said, move the mountain. Yes, he can give you the strength to do whatever, but preferably, I mean, it would be better for the mountain to be moved in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And some of those songs are a bit dumb, you know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just, I mean, there's songs that are full of unbelief. That's why at our church, I make sure that our songs, they communicate what the Bible says. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, so sometimes we forget our covenant benefits and we pray deflated prayers. We, we're shooting blanks. I believe that the effectiveness of our prayers is directly connected with knowing what is ours in Christ. You know, the Bible says that some things belong to us in Christ. In actual fact, let me shock you and say not just some things, but all things. If you're going to be faithful to the, what the Bible says, let's, let's go to the Bible. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 has this divine power, has given to us a few things. Huh? Come on. All things that pertain to life and godliness and others that come, it comes by the knowledge of Jesus. It comes by the knowledge of Jesus who has called us by his glory and by his virtue. Virtue means power. So God has given us all things. Everyone say all things. If God said all things, it is all things. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21. Therefore, let no, let no one boast in men. You know, there were some, let me give you the context. There were some people who had favorite preachers in the, in the Corinthian church. Some believed, some prefer, some thought they could get more out of one preacher than out of the other preacher, that this preacher was a real blessing, that one was not anointed. And Paul, anoint, Paul addressed that, and he said this, he said this, let no one boast in man, for all things are yours. How many things? All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or that preacher or that other preacher or the world or life, or death, or things present, or things in, in, to come, all are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. What does that mean? Is that you belong to God, and when you belong to God, there's, there's all things belong to you in Christ. Amen. All things, not just a few things. All things belong to you. You know, we shouldn't leave our lives. Let me just say this. We shouldn't leave our lives as if Jesus had nothing to add to our existence on earth and nothing to offer us in this world. When a problem comes, don't feel like, well, Jesus got nothing. After all, he's just, yeah, it's heaven. I'll have to wait for heaven. Well, thank God for heaven. I love heaven. I'm looking forward to heaven. Nothing in this world compares with the glories of heaven. I want a lot of people to go to heaven. But while we get there, there's going to be a long walk of years and years and decades. You know, I don't know. While we're here on this earth, is there something for us right now? Yes, the Bible says all things are yours. And it says about things present or things to come. 
It's not just the things to come. It's not just things that are out there in our future, but are things right now in our present. How many of you need present, need help right now in the present? Well, the Bible says God is a helper in a, a pre, uh, present in a time of need. Something like that. <laughs> Amen. Say number one, when you know what belongs to you in Christ, it impacts the, it energizes your prayer. Secondly, it impacts the quality of your worship. Because the grateful acknowledgement of what Jesus has done for us, it will do something to the way you worship. You know, gratitude fuels perfect worship. When you acknowledge the good things you have in Christ, how can you not worship? How can you not be grateful? How can you not, whoa, go up another level in your worship of God? Certainly not just words. It's, it's a real heartfelt acknowledgement of the goodness and the power of God for you. Gratitude and recognition for the grace of God in our lives. All of this stuff is undeserved. We don't get it because we did something we're very special. We just get it because of the grace of our God. It's by grace, through faith. Hallelujah. And that makes it even more amazing. It's like, wow, I didn't even have to do anything. It's it's the grace of God. It's an unmerited favor. It does something to your worship. I think sometimes people, they don't worship either because they don't acknowledge or because maybe they have a sense of entitlement as if God should do something for you. I've seen people get offended at God. Listen, don't ever get, get offended. God, number one, God's not your problem. He's your friend. And suddenly God is so good and so merciful. If anything, we should be grateful to Him. Even if God had not promised a word in his, in his, if God had not given us a promise in the Bible, if, if God wouldn't do anything for us, it would still be worthy of our worship and our praise. But since he has done so much for us, since so much for us b belongs to us in Christ, how much more he is worthy of our worship and our appreciation. Come on, give God some worship this morning. There's nothing more said than actually someone who's actually received good things from God and became forgetful and didn't worship and didn't acknowledge God. Look at Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 35. Nehemiah 9:35 says, For they have not served you in their kingdom or in the many good things that you, have gave, that you gave them or in the large and rich land which you set before them. Nor did they turn from their wicked works. You know, in the days of Nehemiah, the people came to the realization that they needed to repent. Why? Because in spite of all the good works that God had given them, they did not acknowledge, they didn't change their ways, they, were not, they didn't recognize God. But that shouldn't be us. We should be grateful worshipers of God. How many worshipers we have in the house? Amen. Worshipers. Worshippers, worshippers. So the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus, it impacts sinners because they'll see what the goodness of God is like. It impacts, it energizes our spiritual life. Number three, it will do something for your worship. And lastly, let me just say this. It will also impact your mental well-being. Let me talk about that for a second. 
Acknowledging the good things of God will do something for your own mental well-being. You know, because when we go through tough times, it is easy to focus on what we don't have, what we can't do, how powerless we may feel. It is easy to succumb to anxiety, to uh, scenarios that are catastrophic and, and to be anxious and preoccupied and anticipate things that are not even yet there and live in this cloud of darkness and think, well, I have nothing. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy as we go through things and, and through trials and tribulations in this world. It is easy to think that we have nothing. But you know what? When Paul speaks about, uh, speaks about you know, acknowledging every good thing which is in us, is giving us an antidote to depression. Our focus certainly is not what we don't have. Certainly our focus is on what we do have. When we started making a list of all the things we have in Christ, that in Christ we are more than conquerors, that by His stripes we were healed, that in Christ He has given us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth and show us things to come, that in Christ we have authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, that in Christ by His stripes we were healed, that in Christ when you start listing that, when your focus suddenly goes from what you don't have to what you do have, I want you to know something, that's going to do something to your mental well-being, amen, that's going to impart mental health that's going to change the paradigm in, you, in which you live in that's going to push out darkness and that cloud of impossibility out of your mind suddenly you see possibilities suddenly you see potential in your future suddenly you see how God's going to turn your 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 um, your your uh, morning into dancing suddenly you see hope and a future and not just a, a light at the end of the tunnel but you see yourself out of the tunnel hallelujah under the sun of righteousness Hallelujah, because you're focusing on your, in your mind on all the things that you have. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, Philemon says that we have good things. All the good things you have in Christ. So focusing on the good things we'll have will result, you know what, in soundness of mind and on peace. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 Finally, brethren, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, in other, in other words, a good thing, um, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, focus, acknowledge those things things. Amen. So, you know, basically mental health is, you know, uh, in actual fact, let me just say mental health is, is a huge topic and we hear about it every day in the news and um, the rates of depression, the rates of people needing assistance in this area has gone, you know, beyond the scale. And, but I want you to know that the Bible is not silent on these things. Uh, in fact, I'd love to actually preach from a biblical standpoint, because I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but I'm a preacher of the Word. And the Word actually mentions so much about the soundness of mind, about how to beat depression, about to have a mind that is whole, that is complete, about thinking the thoughts of God, about having peace of God. After all, God is the Prince of Peace. 
and we'll probably leave that for another day, but let me just give you this one today. Acknowledging the good things that you have in Christ. Focusing on what is good, on what is true, on what God really has given us is such an antidote for depression and anxiety. And then it says right there in verse 9, the things which you've learned and received from me, uh, 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 these do because, let me just say this, this only works if you do it. This only works if you do it. This only works if you've, if you've forgotten all that I've said, you know, 10 minutes from now and you'll never go back to this message. It won't work for you, let me tell you out, straight out. But if you, if you, the things you've heard even here today, if you do them, the Bible says, and the God of peace will be with you. Come on, come on, the God of peace will be with you. Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in the heart of, my, of a man brings causes depression, but a good word, everyone say a good word, makes your heart glad. Aren't you glad you came to church? Aren't you glad we have a good word? Aren't you glad we can busy our minds and focus our minds on a good word? Hallelujah. But as you, a good work may, may, makes you glad. How many of you feel a bit more glad than when you came in today? Oh, praise God. Praise God. Those who are not yet sure, we'll, there's still time. I still have five minutes in my message left. Hopefully by the end of the, those five, you know, you'll be glad. Otherwise, I'm sad that you're not glad. But come again. It may hit you next week. The penny may drop another day, you know. But uh, here we go. Let us focus, fill our minds with, the, with good words. Good words, for instance, Numbers 10, verse 29. For the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And he can internalize that and go like, well, God has promised good things for Luis Cabral. Can you say that out loud? Thank you for saying my name, but I really wanted you to put your name on it, okay? Just <laughs> I did that on purpose because I wanted you all to say that. Uh, thank you. I, I, I received that. Yes, good things. But now say, put your name on it. Come on, one, two, three. God promised good things for Luis Cabral. Yes, amen. Joshua chapter 23, verse 14. Behold, this day I am going all the way of the earth. And as you know, in all, our, all your hearts and in all your souls, that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. Hey Amen. Let me say this. If God said something about you, it's going to come to pass. Nothing is going to fail, but just focus on the good things God has said about you. Amen. Hallelujah. Believe you're going to make it. You're going to overcome this thing. You're going to get that job in Jesus' name. God's going, to, God's going to do a miracle in your marriage. Come on. God's going to heal your body. Come on. Just believe the good things that God has said about you. All came to pass, and not one of the word of them has failed. You know, that's a good word. That's a good word. That's a good word. It comes, you know, we hear these days a lot of words about experts. The other day I was listening to a panel, and there were five experts in the panel. And they were all experts. But the amazing thing is that none of them agreed. You know how confusing that is when the experts don't agree? Doesn't that leave you a little bit hopeless? 
Like, who should I believe? Can I tell you something? I am reading something from someone who is an expert in the creation of the universe. He's the real expert, amen. Oh, I, oh come on, come on. I, 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 I'm running out of time here. I, I had so many good things, but the good things that I'm going to be here next Sunday, amen. And you're going to be here next Sunday. And those of you watching online, you're going to be here next Sunday. And God's going to do something in our lives. God's going to pump our lives, amen, with faith. In a world that's going crazy, there's a people with a different testimony. This will be an occasion. The darkness of this world is going to be an occasion for our light to shine brighter than ever. For you to go to work tomorrow and people go like, why are you smiling? <laughs> Even if you have to wear a mask or whatever. Uh, they'll notice you're smiling. They'll notice this, and it'll be an occasion for you to tell them, you know what? I heard a good word. I, I am glad. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Psalm 103 verse 5, who satisfies your mouth with good things. That's a word in season right now when it's approaching 12 o'clock and everyone is hungry. But it, it satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on, how many of you could have a little bit more of that? I'm not talking about food. I'm, I'm talking about our youth renewed like the eagles. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, good things. Come on, someone say good things. The gospel is gospel of glad tidings of good things. When your heart acknowledges all the good that you, that you have in Jesus. You know what? Let me just say this. Those things will flow into your life. There'll be an outflow. Do you have time for one more scripture? No? Okay. Oh, you have. Matthew 12, 20, 35 says, A good man, out of good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, fills, brings forth evil things. A good man, and I believe I'm talking to good men, good women here today, out of the treasure of his good heart will bring forth good things. Now, what fills our heart will actually overflow into our life. So as we fill our heart with the good things that this gospel is all about, the good things that this word is all about, then there is a treasure that you're going to accumulate on inside of you. And the outflow of your life, the outcome of your life will, will come in line with those things that you have filled your heart with. The nature of your heart, the essence of your heart will determine your life. That's why the, that's why the Apostle Paul is reminding Philemon and saying to him, acknowledge every good thing which you have in Christ Jesus. It will do something for your testimony for those people outside. It will do something for your prayer life. It will do something for the way you worship God. And you know what? It will do something to your mental health and eventually to the way your life is going to become. Is that good advice from the Apostle Paul? Is that a good advice from Jesus? Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Alexander and I, I'm going to ask the musicians to come. Oh, they are here. Pastor Alexander, we know a man, Pastor James. Did I preach too long? Is that okay if I tell that story? Yeah, okay. Is, is this a long message? Or? Are you okay? Are you okay? Do you want to hear a story? All right. I think we'll help you. He came all the way here. He may as well just get the full package. But, you know, we, we were 
we know this man. He's a pastor, wonderful pastor. He's a pastor in Hawaii. I don't know why God never called me to Hawaii. But you know, some people are blessed in that way. They get called to Hawaii. But I love Melbourne. We're getting there. Summer is just around the corner. <laughs> you know, God says he's, he's the one that calls those things that are not as though they were. So here we are. But anyway, so this pastor is a wonderful man. We, we, we had him at our church when we were in New Zealand. And he, he told us this story. He said, he said there was, he was a very compassionate man. And one day he saw a lady just, just with a, you know, a, a shopping basket, a shop, one of those trolleys. And I just going around the city with the trolleys just full of rubbish. And she was one of these people that very un- unfortunate circumstance in her life. She ended up living under a bridge. And all her belongings were inside that trolley and she would go around. And this man one day, this pastor, he just, he just felt really moved in his heart to help this lady. And he stopped the car. He had seen this lady a few times and stopped the car one day and said, hey, you know what? You don't have to live like that. I'm going to find you accommodation and I want you to live in a dignified way, in a proper way. You don't have to carry this trolley and live under the bridge. And the lady was really grateful. And, and so Pastor James, he, you know, in, in Hawaii, property is very expensive. And of his own money, he paid for this, he paid rent for this woman to leave her life under a bridge and go and live in an apartment. And so for years and years, he paid for this very expensive apartment out of his own money. And he said the lady lived, I mean, with just rags. One day when his wife came and tried to sort out the stuff that was inside that, that trolley, I mean, it was just all just rubbish and things and and he was telling the lady, okay, we're going to throw this stuff away. We're going to buy you some new clothes. You don't need this stuff anymore. And he did that. And fortunately, the lady still enjoyed her trolley and kept, you know, going around with the trolley. But she had a place to live for years and years and years. Until Pastor James then moved to another place, to another church, another city. And one day when he came back to the city just to find out how, how things were going and everything, he came across the new pastor of the church and said, hey, how's sister so-and-so, you know, I think her name was Betty. How's Betty? How's Betty? And, she's, and the pastor said, oh, you know, Betty, unfortunately, uh, she was hit by a truck and she passed away. And, uh, and he said, but you don't, what you don't know about Betty is that Betty had, uh, when she passed away, the police came because we were the only contact she had. And, and they, they, they found out that she had actually, um, she had children and she had relatives. And so it turns out that she had a massive fortune. She was a very wealthy lady. And so the police came because all of these, all of these, all of these properties that she owned, all of this money that she had, had to be distributed now by the people that were going to inherit uh, all of this money. And Pastor James, on one hand, it was like, mm, I did a good thing. On the other hand, it's like, I spent all this money, all these years for someone who had so much she was very, very wealthy. Amen. You know what? Sometimes Christians are like that. We push around the trolley of our sorrows, the trolley of all the things that are weighing heavy on us. And we keep, we insist into, when Jesus has given us so, so very much. Amen. So let's acknowledge what we have received in Christ. Amen. 